We are stoned and that's okay. So why don't you just stay? Sit back and listen. You don't know what you're missing. It's talking stone while getting sports. Welcome, fellow humans. You are listening to Talking Stone While Getting Sports, episode 65, with your host, Mr. Bubbly and Morgan. That's me, Mr. Bubbly was the guy bubbling. I don't know why I explained myself there. How's it going? Also known as Austin. That was yeah. terrible. Uh, <laughs> Go pretty good. Go pretty good. Uh... Not a whole lot going on, just working. And uh, oh, I we uh, we got our Halloween costumes. So, oh, uh, we're gonna be ghosts. Um, that's original. Yeah, I don't think anybody's ever actually done that before, and I think it's really. Um, are you? So what? You just got a couple white sheets and cut some holes out of them, or what? Pretty much, yep. Nice. Um, <laughs> well, I should go as a ghostbuster and try and bust you. I don't know where my brain's at right now, guys. I apologize. Cool. <laughs> um, no, I, me personally, I'm not really that much of a Halloween person. So unless if I have a party that I can go to and get completely drunk i'm probably not going to bother trying to find a costume um so that's where i'm at but um as far as i guess what i've been up to is if you see me out in a boat i'm looking a little slick i got my haircut and the quick little <laughs> story about that is i've been going to the this regular the the place I normally go to <clears throat> for quite some time, and the ladies there every time I go there, they always convince me to leave a little a little bit on top because I like my hair really short. They leave it a little bit on top, so apparently they want me to try and style it. It never happens. <laughs> yeah, um, knowing you, I, I don't see that happening. And so finally, this time on Saturday when I got my hair cut, I finally convinced them to do my regular buzz cut of a quarter inch length that I like to do. But it's hilarious because she was like, well, can I just cut a little shorter than I normally do and see if you like it? And then she did. And then I look. she looked at me and she's like, I can just do it all the way if you want. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, just, just, just take it short. So they're trying to give me some type of style, but I really just like the buzz cut. I've it's been the same haircut I've had since the word go. So, um, I can see it was like a mullet. Well, I, I did experiment a couple times. I did have a frog once, and I dyed that um, green, and then I dyed it a second time red. 
And then I believe you must, you should have first met me right around the time I had blonde hair. Yes. Yeah, I'm shady. <laughs> yes, because I also can have blue eyes at times. Um, you know. <laughs> my eyes seem to try and change color. I don't know if that's normal for everyone, but hey, more you know about me. Um, anyways, other stuff that I've been up to. Um, oh, I went to the chiropractor, so I'm feeling all loosey-goosey now. It's always nice to use your benefits to go to the chiropractor, so true it's true that was nice um board games did that saturday night and other than that just we're recording sunday so we got dodgeball tomorrow on monday so depending when you hear this i might be all beat up from dodgeball so that's what i got going on and that's it that's all that's the show folks no i'm kidding um austin do you want to uh let them know a couple plugs by chance. Yeah. Well, first thing, what you're going to do is you're going to rate, review, comment, and subscribe. Uh, let everybody know. And you can reach us on Twitter at Podstone1, me at Fitzy Fitzgerald, on Instagram at TSWGSPod, and Morgan, I believe, has some plugs as well. Yeah. Um, no missing cat this week. Um, if, if you guys listen to the previous episode, that'll make more sense. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I do important on that one. <laughs> I do have Twitter and Twitch, the double T's. That's both of them are Capture Morgan too, and I really haven't been on Twitch that much lately. I don't know why. Just haven't been feeling it, to be honest. But something that I have definitely been feeling is um, oh, for you guys to also, before I move on, for you guys to also to uh, maybe Austin said this, to rate, review. Already, geez. Okay. Well, you didn't say that the last couple episodes, um, I've been tossing some sound effects throughout that episode. Kind of shitly, very crap. Not well done. I can't speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our show wasn't really that well done. So it kind of goes with the flow. Um, but it's in. I'm still curious to really hear what you guys think. If I should stop it, then I will. If you like the cheesiness, then I'll keep doing it. If you want me to change the placement, you guys get the drift. Um, let us know anything, really. Um, how you're doing? Yeah. How's it going, buddy? It's your turn to talk. Let us know right now. We're, I'm waiting. Hi. Yep, we'll wait. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds like you're doing pretty good there. <laughs> um. So, but something else that was doing quite well in my books, at least, is 
the CFL. The reason why I'm very excited to get to the recap right now is, well, I'll just get to it. And I'm sure you guys will understand why, why I'm so excited. Um, but is the week 11 recap. Um, I can't, it feels like we just started. I can't believe it's week 11 already. Crazy, hey? Um, to me, lots of teams are still trying to figure out what the hell they are. <laughs> oh, totally. Although one team that's really not struggling to figure out their identity whatsoever is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and they played the Edmonton Elks once again, um, beating them 26-16, to 16, which is a 10-point differential. Um, both me and Austin picked Winnipeg to win. I went by 13. Austin went by 20. So... I got the two points there for the yeah, pick there. and the point differential. So, that, yay me, I guess. I've I uh, slowly closing the gap there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, is you the one that's trying to take back your title of CFL Insider. Well, I just want to win one of these competitions, really. I want you to have an episode where you have to be sober. See how you like it. I don't want that at all. Yeah, well, I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of trying, though, the uh, Elks, they kind of at point seemed like maybe they had chances, but they really didn't. It, they're um, behind in every metric. Yeah, they just... The Bombers, I find, at least lately, well, pretty much majority of the city, or city, majority of the season, um, they've been kind of like a slow burner, I find, where their defense has been amazing all season long and they allow their offense to slowly catch fire and all of a sudden just explode and start pointing out points and that's kind of what happened once again this game um, it wasn't a crazy blow they only beat them by 10 versus what was it like 27 of uh previous week but yeah it was still a solid win though which is kind of hilarious in a way I don't know if that's the right word but Trevor Harris wasn't just um, he didn't start this game they put in what's his face Tyler Cornelius or whatever the hell his name is yeah and but Trevor Harris wasn't even the backup, he was not dressed whatsoever. Um, I think right before this game, 
that you put him on the trade block. And it was actually kind of funny because I was doing up the notes for the, for the show today, like I normally do. I had already typed out the recap for this game and all that deal and going through the rest of my notes. And all of a sudden, my phone goes off. And I had put on the notes here that Trevor Harris was put on the trade block by Edmonton, which is kind of huge news. I just want to talk about that. Well, <laughs> now I can say he has been traded. <laughs> oh, shit. To Montreal, which they've came out and said that they have been looking for a quarterback since um, Vernon um, Jr. or whatever his name is. I'm a little baked right now. Um <laughs> Vernon Adams Jr., there's his name. He's out for injury. Right. So Trevor Harris gets traded to the Alouettes for a defensive end and Antonio Simmons. It's a one on one trade quarterback for a defensive end. So yeah. yeah, I guess we'll see how he he's going Trevor was going back over to the East. He was playing for Ottawa for a lot, and now he's playing for Montreal. So, see how it goes for him. Yeah, um, Austin. I kind of gave the uh, little uh, breaky down there. Do you have any stats for us once again? Yeah, uh, it was. I mean, it was fairly close passing wise. Uh, Polaris only had the edge by about 30 yards, but rushing was where they really took over. Um, total rushing yards 175 to 71 for uh, the Bombers. And possession, I think, too, having the ball for just about seven minutes more. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to go well for you if you don't have the ball. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, as sucky as that sounds. That's definitely the um, do's and don'ts of football is uh, possession. It's all about possession. Yeah, it's all about possession. That's what I try and get at. And it's kind of surprising that they were able to run the ball that well because I believe um, Andrew Harris went down with an injury during this game as well. So they had to go to their backup running back, which I can't think of his yeah, name Olivera, right now. Olivera, yeah. Um, which he's proven to be quite well because on his debut, I think he got like something 150 yards or something like that. So bad, not bad. Um, so also now, right, you know, Winnipeg is the first team to clinch the playoffs. And their kicker is actually starting to uh, figure a few things out here. I think he still missed one, but he's he's getting there. Hey, you know what? He had he's had time to improve. Yeah, and you're going to want to have your kicker, you know, full force going into the playoffs because that's when the games get really tight, or at least they should. Oh yeah. But moving on, Alouettes versus Red Blacks. Yeah, this is a rough one. 
Yeah. Uh, the isn't as bad as – anyway, sorry, I'll let you go. No, but you are right. What I believe you're going to say is the score doesn't really paint the full picture. Maybe that wasn't the exact words that you're going to say. No, that's pretty much it. But the Alouettes did win 27-16. to 16. That's 11-point differential. Um, you and I both pick Al's to win. I went by 14. You thought it was going to be a little closer by seven. Um, and I ended up being closer, so I get another two points. So Damn. if you guys are keeping score, I'll give a final tally. But a little spoiler alert, me and Austin are now officially tied for points. So you'll start it out there. Oh, man, spoiler yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but yeah, like I kind of mentioned during, and this is because Trevor Harris got traded to Alouettes, they had to go with quarterback Matt Schultz to Alouettes during this game. Still beat the Red Blocks, which really is not that hard to do unless if you're the Elks. <laughs> and because it sounds like Graham Adams is going to be injured to at least the playoffs. So you really need two quarterbacks. You can't just limp into the playoff playoff with uh, one quarterback, but Matt Schultz, he did get the job done. Like I mentioned, um, it was also against red black. So who knows how well that Actually, is maybe it covers up a few things. Um, but I'm now that again, I did it all these notes before Trevor Harris got traded, so now I'm kind of curious to see where they end up going with as far as quarterbacks go because their backup just won them a game, but obviously, they traded for Trevor Harris for a reason. Right. But it's going, it's going to take them some time to – or take Trevor some time to get familiar with the offense and all that stuff. So, Of course. Excuse me. I don't see him playing um, next week here, but you never know. He is a veteran quarterback, so he's been around a lot. So he's probably wouldn't take him that long to really catch on to things. Um, the only, I do want to say the only bright side to the Red Blacks is their, uh, special teams and their defense is what really made the score look more nice. And as far as the Red Blacks goes, that 16 really, um, flatters them. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, maybe you have some stats that, you know, some uh, special team stats or something. Well, I'll be honest. I don't have special team stats for you. But what fair. I do have for you is <laughs> the fact that the LOS had the ball 12 minutes more. You know? The, the possession, again, is key, and 12 minutes a lead is huge. Total yardage, 
almost doubled. You know, passing yardage two seventy four to ninety five. Like it's gross. Uh, this score should have been much higher. Uh, and either way, my uh, my prediction would have been off. But the Alouettes deserve the solid win on this one. Yeah, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that you went as low as you did. Maybe it's because you had a hooch or two by the time we did the picks, but it's possible. I'm not complaining because it's it's benefiting me. But in my eyes, as far as the West goes, the game of the week, Calgary <laughs> versus BC. Yeah. Oh, boy, this is really not what it – even though I picked BC to win, I did not expect um, it to go like this because I, I picked BC to win in hopes that, that I just push them, give them some good mojo to actually win. But in the in my heart, I did believe – that stamps were actually going to win, but not 39 to 10. <laughs> 29 points. Brutal. Yeah. Hey, I like the fact that BC got 10 because it made the math real simple. Um, <laughs> I already mentioned I picked BC to win um, by 11 points. Austin went stamps to win. By six points. So me and Austin split one point each since he got the right team. And then I got closer just simply because I picked higher than he did. <laughs> I still out by, what was that, by 18. So you were closer than me. Um, we each get one point there. So I was going to save this till after the little recap, but I'll just give the tally now. The old score was 33 to, for me to Austin's 37. Now we were both all tied up at 38 points. Damn. So it's neck to neck, just like yeah. lots of the playoff races coming down the stretch here, buddy. Damn. All right. Well, it's getting intense. Yeah. And something that's going to be real intense, like I was mentioning, is the playoff race. Definitely in the West, because now stamps are now tied with the Riders as far as record goes. They have that tiebreaker. So technically, they're in second. Riders on third. BC is in fourth. Edmonton's apparently a football team. <laughs> and allegedly. This, yeah, this game really showed that if you're a BZ fan, you might want to be a little worried just because they have not been playing that well as of late. Um, they're 10 points. I think they're kind of lucky they got the 10 points this game. To be completely honest, um, 
Yeah. They look partially in it in the first quarter, somewhat in it in the second quarter. But as soon as second half started, um, Calgary came out and they returned the uh, kickoff to start off the second half back for a touchdown. I was like, well, Calgary just won. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like when, when something like that happens to a team on, especially a kick, like a punt return touchdown is one thing, but a kickoff, I feel like is a whole different level and can really bring down the energy of the opposing team. And that's exactly what it, it did. And Calgary bet off that and they just rolled right over <laughs> BC Lions. Um, Calgary, they're catching fire at the perfect moment for them, which I hate as a Ryder fan. And BC is doing the complete opposite, which I like as a Ryder fan. But, you know, one team has to – they both can't, unfortunately, lose all the time, I guess. So, Especially when they play each other. Yeah, but I'm actually very curious, especially on Calgary sides of things, to hear some of the stats that you have. And that's the thing, because they're not that crazy. It, it, statistically speaking, it was a lot closer than it looks. Total yardage, 370 for the Stamps to 309 for the Lions. Only three-minute in possession time difference. There was two turnovers on BC's end to one for the Stamps. So that doesn't hurt, or that doesn't help. But overall, it was like statistically, from what I can see, not that uh, not that crazy. That's kind of been like the theme for all three games this episode, where the stats don't really tell the full story besides the possession time. But this possession time um, is definitely a lot closer than the previous two. That's for sure. Oh yeah. But. Uh, moving right along, there's been Austin surprised me a few times with some of the stats that he threw out this recap. And some news came down that is even more surprising than Austin's surprising stats, <laughs> full surprises. And that's the fact that Rod Black is signing off with TSN. He is no longer going to be the voice of CFL or, well, anything to do with that network. Excuse me. Um, I think it's kind of huge, even though I believe we talked about him in a previous episode, and I'm not so much a fan. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Austin, I think you had different opinions about them. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I always liked his calls. Um, and it's, it's been a while. It's been a long time of him. Uh, and, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing for him or for TSN. I think it gives the opportunity for different people to come in and, or a different person at least, 
come in and uh, show off what they got, you know? Uh, solid. He had a solid run, that's for damn sure. Yeah, 30 years. Um, yeah, it's total of 40 years of broadcasting. So 30 years of that was with this TSN and the network. And he's done everything from TFL to NBA to curling yeah. to <laughs> – he does yeah. a little bit of everything. He did it all. Um, like I mentioned, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I think he's one tone. And I don't know if that's just been recently because he's getting out there in age. So, you know, you you get tired <laughs> eventually. Even yeah. just... Even just talking for a life or I'm for a life. Already. Yeah, well, you're always tired. That might be true. But I've also heard that, you know, he didn't just necessarily sign off. He apparently he might have got fired. I don't know exactly what happened, but I do know for a fact that he's yeah, he's no longer with TSN, which is kind of shocking. Yeah, um, but you know what? Uh, excited to see who's next. Definitely. And they in the last couple of games, they've already, I think, experimented with a couple different people. Um, I can't think of their names right now because I'm not used to hearing them, but... Fair. I think... I think what they're one of the things that they're trying to go for, it seems to me, is get a little bit more diversity in in the group instead of just having well, I'm gonna be frank, instead of just having two white guys <laughs> sitting, you know, all, you know, the same two white guys all the time sitting in the booth talking football, which it's kind of nice to see, yeah, just fresh blood in there, really. Oh, totally. Um, but something that I'm kind of not too happy about, and CFL really, they really know how to surprise their fans time and time again. And this year, in 2021, the Grey Cup is happening in Hamilton on December 12th. Sure, not all the f- festivities are going to be exactly the same. They're still expecting something like 24,000 fans in attendance for the game and all that type of stuff. Right. Which is not a terrible turnout. No. Especially no, over right. in the East. Yeah. But next year is going to be in Regina, which it honestly to me it wouldn't matter where it was next year. The fact is, it's going to go back to Hamilton in twenty twenty three to try and make up for the fact that they're not able to do the full festivities this year. Um, so they're going to get it twice in three years, which I think is kind of 
insane. And I'm not a big fan of it. I realize it's different circumstances and all that stuff. But you can wait more than just a one-year buffer, I think. Like, there's only nine teams in the league. You're going to get it. You should be getting it pretty quickly regardless. Oh, yeah. Um, Um, That seems really odd to me. Yeah, even based on the circumstances, I feel like it's this is a strange one, and I'm definitely not a, a fan of it whatsoever. And um, I haven't really paid that much attention online to see what other other people are feeling about this. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes of it in the next, you know, year or two, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. I guess they just really want to try and do it right for, for Hamilton, but regardless, it's still going to be in Saskatchewan next year. So that's still kind of cool, but I don't, I don't know what the right amount of time really would have been for them to wait to try and do this, but yeah, me either. But we should really move on to the week twelve picks. So, unless if Austin has anything else he wants to say about the whole Hamilton situation, I have nothing else. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Make picks and take back the lead. Yeah. It's all tied up. So this is going to be real exciting. So, first game of the week is on Friday, October 22nd the Argonauts versus Alouettes. So, you want to try and take back the lead, Austin? So, I'll let you go first, buddy. Yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen in this one? Uh, The Alouettes. They're going to take it. They're going to beat the Argonauts by a whopping 11 points. Oh, you're going with that weird score that from my last last week of 11 points? Yep. You, you like to be a thief lately. I don't know what I think of this. Sneaky. So you think the Alouettes with their Backup quarterback, maybe Trevor Harris, is going to win by 11 points. Yep. I think play, and they're going to win by 11. (laughs) I think the Argonauts are going to go on a four-game win streak, stay in first place, move to a 7-3 record. Lately, I've been forgetting to put down the records. And I think they're going to win by 14. Damn it. Well, let's see what happens there. But October 23rd is going to be a very football-filled Saturday. It's a triple-header. And the first game 
is Red Blacks are going into Hamilton to play the Tiger Cats. They're not playing a different game. That would make zero sense. It sure would. And I think um, just to, you know, save a few seconds, I'm not going to lie, I'm just going to say Hamilton's going to win by 14. Unless the Boston stops, I'm probably going to stick with a 14 theme this episode. Wow. Well, Hamilton is going to win it. Yeah, it would be kind of weird for anyone at this point to pit red blacks, I think. Yeah, and Hamilton's going to win by, what did you say, 14? I said by 14, yeah. You're going to win by 15. Oh, you're really, really trying to uh, take that score back. Yes. I like your method. Um <laughs> What's your method with the BC versus Winnipeg game? Yeah, well, BC has not been doing well, and the Bombers are going to continue that for them. Uh, Bombers are going to take this one, and it's like we've talked about, the score is going to be close. But uh, you know what? It's not going to be close. Blue Bombers (laughs) by 14. But Oh, you took my 14. You Thief. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, yeah, I, I really can't go as much as I want to. I really can't go against Winnipeg. I don't see them losing. They might not lose again this season. That's including the playoffs. Um, so I'm going to say Winnipeg. Well, I'm going to do what you did. Winnipeg by 15. See how you'll like it. Alrighty. Alright. Last game of the triple header. I'm still not a huge fan of these triple headers, but there's nothing we can do about them. So Saskatchewan versus Calgary. The Riders need to win this game. This is a must-win game for them. It's in Calgary, so they're probably going to lose it. Um, I am going to pick them, though. The Riders are going to beat Calgary. I'm going to not allow Austin to at least have that 14 against the or for the Riders. Maybe he'll do what he did before and pick against the Riders when they play against Winnipeg and really piss me off. But the Riders are going to beat Calgary. By 14. Well, that was a lovely little speech you had. Thank you, buddy. I love the Riders. You know I do. Do you, though? I do. Okay. I always want them to win. But we're playing a game here. Yeah, you're competitive. I get it. I get it. I'm already starting to type down the team you're going to pick. I don't like saying it, but Calgary's going to win. And, uh, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be a bad win. It's not going to be rough on the Riders. Uh, Calgary's going to take it by 13. Well, that's rough enough because even if it's by one, it really is not what the Riders need right now. They cannot go on a. Three to game losing streak. They can't lose all three to the Stamps. Um, 
they need this win in order to climb back into second place. All those reasons are why I don't think they're going to win. Too much pressure. Well, there's no going back on our picks now, and I really hope that you're wrong. But I know it sounds like Austin's jumping at the bit here to talk his favorite sport. It is time for some NHL. So, um, Austin has talked about this guy um, trying to achieve something that most people didn't think any player would ever be able to achieve, and that's Alex Ovechkin trying to ch- chase down Wayne Gretzky for the all-time goals leader um he's now officially in fifth place with 732 he's still 162 behind Wayne Gretzky because he had 894 um there really isn't too terribly much me for me personally to say about this except for holy fuck (laughs) um if he plays long enough, like another three years or so. Well, he, he just signed a five-year contract. That as well. like, And he might not need those full five years um, with how some, sometimes he puts up points. So um, I personally think he, he could do it. Um, kind of sounds like Austin thinks that he could do it, but – What's your real response? My thing is I want him to win. I want, or not win, but I want him to do it. I want Ovechkin to be the best goal scorer of all time. And it's arguable that he already is, given that the area era that he's scoring in at this pace. Gretzky scored 894 goals in the 80s and the 90s when it was a lot easier to score, especially the 80s, especially the 80s. Yeah, when goalies were more times than not doing the, um, you know, stand-up kind of goalie style. and Yeah, but I'm not trying to take anything away from it. He he was an impressive. But Alex Ovechkin already is fifth all-time in the NHL for goals scored in a career, which I think is incredible. Uh, I think Ovechkin is going to the Hall of Fame. I don't think that there's any doubt in that anymore uh, after the Stanley Cup and after this. Uh, Yeah, first opportunity I think he gets in. I think so too. He doesn't seem to be slowing down, right? Two goals on the season opener. Like, the dude, he just knows how to score goals. So, good for him. And uh, I hope he keeps scoring at this crazy rate. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of glad that in that little stretch there, you said the word incredible because another story came out where it's really quite incredible and kind of cool. Um, 
the reasons that Toronto had to do this, like the Maple Leafs, is because um, cap reasons. So that, <laughs> not as cool. But it gave a young university goalie a chance to basically have the best seat in the house to watch an NHL game. And that was the Toronto Varsity Blues goalie, Alex Bishop, um, was signed to a one-day amateur tryout to be the backup to Jake Campbell. Um, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell, sorry. Okay. Um, like I said, this story was is cool, and I think it's kind of heartwarming and it's if I was that if I was Alex Bishop if I was in his position I would just be so excited um, I saw a couple clips of you know the camera panning to his face and he had the biggest smile on it and he was just soaking it all in and um more power to the Leafs getting figuring something out as far as their cat goes and the team goes, and also um, giving this kid that experience. And I'm sure Austin already heard about the story, so I'm very curious to see, hear your thoughts. Well, as somebody who, especially growing up, was always the goalie in road hockey, uh, mm-hmm. always wanted to be the goalie, always looked up to the goalies. Something like this would be a dream come true, you know, even if you don't play. Just to be on the bench, having your name and number on a Leafs jersey. Yeah, original or, six. Yeah, original six. Like, not necessarily a Leafs jersey, any jersey, but especially a Leafs Like, it's it's special and this is a story that he'll get to tell for the rest of his life and you know hey down the road he might get drafted or whatever but we'll see uh but um just a really cool moment for uh for alex and uh super happy for him even though obviously it sucks that an injury left it led to it but uh yeah it's cool um and just knowing or he would also have a lot of nerves, I'm sure, because he would know that he's just one nick, one injury away from all of a sudden he's playing. Yep. Um, which I wouldn't, yeah, more power to him just to be able to sit still while watching that game and having that experience. But um, there's we still got a few more things to get to. So moving right along, um, when I was looking through the news, this, um, I've been saying this word a lot this episode. This has also been very surprising when I came across. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only person I came across it. I would hope not. But Gary Bettman apparently is on 
opening days came out and said that there are four people in all of the NHL that's not vaccinated. That's not 4%. That's one, two, three, four people. Oh, wow. <laughs> that includes all staff, players, coaches. Right. Anyone. All those very important people that have anything to do with say NHL, um, I'm certain they'd probably call it tier one. Um, I don't know if that includes like all the ticket office people, you know, all those people, but right. Regardless, <laughs> this is huge news couple of reasons. One, um, just the fact that it shows that, um, well, it sh- it's going to show or be a really good test on basically kind of how this whole vaccine more or less works because this is a decent sample size because there's a lot of people that, you know, how many teams are we up to now? 32, 33? I lost count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 32. Um, you know, there's so every team, you have X amount of players. I, I'm i not sure what the NHL rosters are. I really don't know. But, uh, and then, yeah, all the extra staff and all that stuff, like it's – it's going to be real neat to see if, um, like, I'm sure little slivy cases popping up. I think there's already has been one or two. Um, yeah, McKinnon. There's a couple other players, but it's going to be interesting to see a how many cases pop up and b kind of how severe they end up being. I'm sure, as far as fans, we probably if they are severe, severe, well, we won't know, like they won't come out and stay for sure, but it's going to be pretty self-explanatory if all of a sudden they're out for 10 days and then you just never see them again because something real shitty happened. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen, but um, I'm also kind of curious of maybe of the reasons why the remaining four people have not been vaccinated. I'm sure it's um, the rare, very rare, ex- especially since it's a very low percentage, um, medical exemption that does happen once in a while. Yeah. But are you as surprised as I am for uh, the fact I'm that so it's not surprised. just 4%? Uh, no, I I'm, honestly, I think it, it – I mean, maybe I expected higher than 4 but um, I don't know. I think that's a good thing. Uh, it means not many people love to get it. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It's just 
because I honestly had to look at this twice to um, make sure that I was reading it correctly, that it wasn't just 4% and the fact that it is only four people. Um, but it would only be fair for us to uh, talk about what you really wanted to talk about is a few of the bigger signings that happened basically right when the season started. Um, so I think I'm just going to just hand it off to you now and just let you run with it. Talk about any signing that your heart desires, buddy. Yeah. So there's been a few pretty big signings in the last, last little while. Uh, like you're saying, where I'm going to start off, uh, I'm actually going to start off with Ottawa. Um, there was a big name, and he hadn't signed yet, and fans were starting to get a little nervous. But I'll be honest, I, I, did, I expected him to be get signed. Uh, they have all the cap space in the world. In fact, before the signing, they were struggling to hit the cap floor. So yeah. signing Brady Kachuk was not a surprise to me. Seven years, $8.2 million. I think for the first couple of years, it's going to be an overpayment. But then I think for the majority of this contract, if Brady Kachuk turns out to be what uh, they think he could be, then I mm-hmm. think the contract could be excellent for the Senators. They don't give out a lot of money very often, but I think this could pay off for them. Uh, real quick before you move on, I'm kind of um, – his full – Disclosure, if we had time last episode, we were going to talk about the fact that Brady Chuck wasn't signed yet. Right. Yeah, he happened to get signed like the day after recording. So good so, thing we didn't. <laughs> yeah, good thing we didn't. But kind of the reason why I was going to talk about it is because Matthew Chuck, when who plays for Calgary, for people that don't know, when it was time to sign his first big deal with the flames. He also held out not quite as long as Brady, but I think he missed a week of training camp of preseason type deal. So I don't know what these two brothers are doing, but the younger brother is kind of falling right in Matthew's footsteps. I personally think it's their dad, uh, Keith Kachuk. Yeah. Who also wasn't that terrible of a player either. Uh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was a solid signing. Uh, Boston showing up their defense with this massive signing. They don't – Boston's another team that doesn't spend a lot of money, uh, at least not on their top guys compared to other teams, right? Uh, Patrice Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak, they're all under, like, eight $7 million contracts. They don't pay a lot of money to players. So this one was a little bit surprising, but uh, the defenseman market is expensive right now, and Charlie McAvoy took advantage of that. I don't think this is going to be a great contract overall. I think it's a lot of money for McAvoy, and I think um, I think the Bruins are going to regret it a little bit, but good on Charlie McAvoy on getting that money. Yeah, um, it's always curious to uh, – oh, at least I'm always curious to see you when these big deals happen, um, sure, the player 
it's always great on them because, you know, who doesn't want more money? <laughs> of course. But as a fan of sports and a fan of the, the NHL and understanding that it is a business, you also want it to work out for the team as well. You don't want them to be completely, you know, you know, max out to the cap so they can't fill the rest of their team. Like uh, Toronto, because they couldn't call up an uh, their regular goalie, so they had to sign Alex Bishop to an ATO. Yeah, which, sure, it was great experience for that kid, but... Ideally, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, in a perfect world. And we with Toronto, we could be seeing more of that throughout the season. Not just Toronto. No, not just Toronto, but that's the no main thing that... This is going to be interesting. Yeah, but that is the main team that does definitely comes to mind because they definitely they don't seem to care what the cap is, really. Yeah, but remember, I think it was last episode or the episode before I was talking about, there's about 11 teams that are right at the cap. True. So... I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I got one more signing that I want to talk about. All right. Hit me with it. Uh, so we're going to keep it in the Eastern Division, for, uh, as I have for all these signings. Montreal signs Nick Suzuki to an eight-year deal. That's almost $8 million a, eight million a season, but not quite. $7.88 million per year. I like this deal. Uh, Nick Suzuki is a guy that's going to turn into an incredible player. He already has shown lots of skill. Him and Cole Caulfield and a bunch of the young players from Montreal, I think, are going to really be key players for them. Um, and I think this is a solid deal signing him to eight years, locking him up long term. Yeah, it's always, like I said it already, it's so neat to hear these long-term deals um, and just to hear what they how they play out and hope for the best for both the players and the teams involved so yeah see and with the Nick Suzuki deal the fact that it's eight years and under eight million I think in a few years if he's a number one center that's a steal of a contract yes but Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for signing. That's all I have. Well, we did forget to do this last episode, which kind of works out because we were a lot more crunched for time last episode. And what the hell? What's, what's a week early? So what we've seen two or three games at max for some yeah it doesn't really make it a a solid judgment now with this information um just really you know Andre Kopitar has seven points in two games and he's currently leading the league in points I don't think he's going to lead, lead the league in points at the end of the season yeah so basically what we're getting is we forgot to do the Stanley Cup picks last episode so might as well do it now and uh what the hell mr hockey insider you might as well start us off with what you think so once again what we've done in the past 
it's just we're just doing the final two teams and then the winner of those teams. So, and since it's hockey, you throw in, you know, how many games it's going to go into just for fun. What the hell? Wait, so sorry, just to clarify, are we just we're just picking the team from the west and the east, and then the how many games? Well, just the Stanley Cup final matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then how many games? Yeah. So I'm going first, right? Yes, sir. So out of the West, um, it's going to be Colorado. Uh, Colorado is going to get through, and they are going to face the New York Islanders. Tampa Bay is not going to make it to the Stanley Cup final uh, for the first time in a couple of years. And uh, Colorado is going to win the Stanley oh, Cup. You sure sound like you had all the confidence in the world. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't have more confidence since you we've seen a week of hockey now, but whatever. <laughs> Colorado, <laughs> right? Colorado is going to win the cup. Uh, they're going to win it in six games. Um. Well, I don't like the fact that you picked Colorado because I really don't like Colorado. But they are a very good team. But I'm going to uh, try and go with my prediction from last season in the shortened season. And stick with Vegas is going to end up winning it. Or, sorry, not winning it. They're going to end up going to the final and they're going to be playing against, oh, all that confidence in the world. I have no clue what team to pick. I'm going to go with Washington. Because what the hell? Interesting. Um, Ovechkin is going to keep that scoring race. He's going to uh, notch out quite a few goals this season. He's going to beat Gretzky this season. (laughs) Get 163 goals this season. Wow. Yeah, he's just that good. And, But I do think he's going to win his win another cup and I think the Capitals are going to win it in six games. Wow, over Vegas? Over Vegas. Wow, okay. It's going to go to overtime and they're going to win 3-2 over Vegas. I'm sick of seeing Vegas up there. I'm on a different team. Yeah, well, it's going to happen and that's their way too early picks. Way too early. Um, But I guess real quick, stoner statement. Um, CFL, it's crunch time, baby. And NHL, we're just constantly surprised tonight. Everyone out there, stay stoned and stay safe. Bye.